And you guys can go down while I preach. <laughs> Although I might preach faster if you're here and watching me so close. Well, you never know what to expect in life, right? You know, I think the people of God, as they were waiting on baby Jesus, they were kind of hoping for something, but they didn't know really what to expect. And, you know, sometimes in life we just, we don't know what to expect, and we shouldn't be surprised when things happen, right? So I wanted to share with you guys what my office looked like when I got to church this morning. Courtney, would you show that? Well, oh, we have the video. Wow. So this is my reaction when I walked in my office today. And I love it because you can't see what happened, but... (laughs) I don't know if we have audio, so I'll say the audio. Now what? (laughs) And then I take pictures. I'll have to see in a second. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting this. But this is what I got. And you know, I wasn't mad about it. You know, sometimes we expect different things, but we end up with something else. And I can honestly stand before you today and say Melanie Pearson had nothing to do with this. (laughs) You know, a a couple of years ago, we had some issues with people breaking into the church, so we bought these little security cameras. Well, last night, about 8 o'clock, I kept getting alerts on my phone that doors were opening and that things were going on. And when I saw certain people, and I never saw balloons, but I saw an air compressor, and I just stopped watching. I, I... So, all that to say, I know who you are. I know where you live. But I'm thankful for you. I, it definitely was not what I was expecting. But I just, you guys had to see that. And so, the balloons are all still there. I'm leaving the door to the hallway closed. That way they don't make it to the hallway. But if you'd like to see, please go in the main office door and look to your right. And you will see... 800? Is that what the guess was? About 800 balloons blown up in my office that took much longer than they expected. Um, But nonetheless, sometimes we don't get what we expect. All that to say, what what do you put your hope in? I hope you don't put your hope in that your office is going to be clean when you show up to work. Because that's not always the case. Do you put your hope in the economy or a lottery ticket? Put your hope in politics or a sports team. You know, depending on what sports team you like, you need an extra boost of hope. There are teams that have never won championships, but they can still sell out stadiums. Especially early on in the season. And after several games have passed, the stadium gets less and less full, and then opposing fans begin to take over the stadiums because the tickets are cheap and it's worth their trip. Well, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I love to watch any championship game. I don't care if it's 
women's college basketball, and it's Nebraska and Idaho State. I love watching that final game because there's so much on the line, and the people have worked their whole lives for this trophy. You know, even when you're watching college sports, only like 0.1% or something crazy like that of those athletes ever go pro. They know in college, the vast majority of them, this is it. I'm not going to play football. I'm not going to, you know, play competitive golf, or I'm, I'm not going to be on a swim team anymore. This is my one shot at a championship. And, you know, even if I'm watching random team versus random team for the badminton championship of the world, and I stay up late to watch it, I watch the trophy celebration, I watch the speeches, and then I turn the TV off and I roll over and I go to sleep. And I wake up the next day and life's pretty much the same. And you know, for those people that win those trophies, they probably stay up later than I did celebrating. And the next day the world probably feels a little bit different, and that next week is extra exciting, and they probably have a parade but you know, if, if they're still on the team, it doesn't take long for them to turn the page to next year and get back to work. That thing that they had hoped in really only lasted a couple of weeks. Then they have to move. They ask themselves exactly what I asked when I walked in my office today. Now what? Let's hear from the word of the Lord today. From Luke's gospel, chapter 21. I'll start reading at verse 25. Luke chapter 21. And I invite you to stand once for us to read today from Luke's gospel. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming of the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with glory and power. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look, look at the fig tree and all the, all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. And truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on watch. And pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. And we say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Well, why do we start here with Advent? Why in the world isn't Advent this whole season of waiting about Jesus' first coming? And now we have a text that tells us all about Jesus' second coming. In fact, it's Jesus talking. How strange. Well, the majority of this whole text that we've read today, and even the text before it, is talking about the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem in the end of time. 
You see, Jesus, was, Jesus warned that the destruction of the temple was coming. But nobody really wanted that to happen. So they just kind of hoped that maybe this once Jesus was wrong. In the same way, the people of God in the Old Testament were told of the coming Messiah. Jesus is giving us a glimpse of his return. You see, people in Jesus' day knew what the prophets had said. They did. They knew the scriptures. They even quoted it to Jesus. But it had been several generations, a long time. And nobody was probably expecting him to come in their lifetime. Yet here he is telling them more about what is to come and how things will be. Let's talk about this parable for a moment. We get this mention of the fig tree and other trees. But what did it, what tell us? Well, this is really a good time of year to talk about this parable. Because if you were to look at pictures that someone had taken, a lot of times you can tell what season of the year it is just by looking at the trees, right? Especially in this part of the country. North Georgia, the mountains, if all the leaves are there, you know it's not fall, you know it's not winter, and it's probably not even spring yet. But if things are orange and the trees are kind of bare, you can guess, yeah, that's probably taken in fall. And if there's no leaves at all, we know it's probably winter. You see, our house is positioned facing a street, but our driveway's on the side of the house. And the people that live across the street on that road have a similar setup. They face our road, but both of our driveways are on the side of the house. So we face each other. But all during the summer, we can't see their house. There's so many trees as they're tucked back in the woods that we really can't see them. We can hear them, and we can wave at them as we drive by, but when we're outside and they're outside, we really just can't see each other. But then our neighborhood looks very different this time of year. As the leaves have begun to fall, we can slowly begin to see their driveway and then their front porch. And now we can almost see their entire house. And all winter we will be much closer neighbors because we can see each other. We can hear them when they're outside, but normally we can't see them just because of the trees. You see... There's a lot of things in this world that are pointing us to what time it is. You know, and we, we so easily want to point to the negative things of what's happening and this is happening, so the day must be drawing near. But I tell you what, I think we as Christians are to look at it in a different way. We're supposed to see the glimpses of hope that Christ is providing in the world and saying, It's coming. He's coming. I don't know when, but he's on the way. You know, I can't help but think of Emily and Joe as they're expecting a baby at this time of year. And they go and they see the doctor, and all the doctors can say is, She's coming. Well, when is she coming? Well, she's actually due on Christmas. Oh, really? Is she going to come on Christmas? No, we don't know. But she's coming. Christ is coming. I believe it. When? I don't know. But I was just commissioned by our DS to always remind you, he's coming. We just have to pay attention. When we feel like he's nowhere near, the song that that Tina sang was perfect. You're here. When we feel so far away, 
He's here. And not only is He here, but He's coming in fullness even more. I could share story after story of how I see this happening. In our community, through your efforts, through efforts of others in Gainesville, He's coming. And it's so easy to get caught up and have the blues because it's cold outside and it's winter. But seasons teach us something. Have you ever seen the movie Elf? If you haven't seen Elf, this is the time of year to watch it. It is a great Christmas movie, great family movie. Even if you don't like Will Ferrell all that much, it's a great one. Well, if you don't know, Elf is all about Will Ferrell, who's a regular-sized person that ends up at the North Pole. And, and so he gets to work with all the elves, but he's like eight times the size of all the elves. So, you know, you see a spot, a spot where he's trying to get in the bathroom to use the toilet, and he doesn't fit, and it's just really funny. Well, one of the jobs they give him as, as the big elf is, is he has to check out the jack-in-the-boxes. He has to test them to make sure that they're working. And this scene is hilarious. But as he is, he's sitting in this tiny chair with his knees up to his chest, and there's tons of jack-in-the-boxes on each side of him. And he grabs one, and he spins the thing, and... And then it pops, and he jumps out of his skin. And then he grabs the next one. And he jumps out of his skin. Then he grabs the next one. And he jumps out of his skin. Well, one of the funny things about that scene is, is that as they were filming, they really didn't want him to know when they were going to pop. So cast and crew members off screen had remotes to each one of those boxes. Because, you know, they have to film scenes a bunch of times to make sure they get what they were looking for and that it's right. So... So actually, every time he touched one of those, he had no idea when it was going to pop. And so he was honestly, genuinely scared. He wasn't just portraying that he was scared. But it's a jack-in-the-box, right? He knew what was coming. He knew that that little thing was going to jump out of the box, and he could close it. And move it on over. He knew that it was going to work. But yet it scared him each and every time. Well in the same way that we anticipate Christ's return. We're taught in this season how to wait. How to wait upon the Lord. You know I, I think if Will Ferrell had done that for days on end. It finally wouldn't have scared him anymore. If he had learned how to wait, how to test a jack-in-the-box without being scared. But you know, the scripture gives us hints and clues of what his return will look like. But we don't have all the details. All that we know is to be ready. The people of God in the New Testament were in this very same situation. They didn't have all the details, but the prophecy of the Old Testament allowed for them to have their eyes open. And wait carefully for the Messiah. But sadly, the majority of people in that day, they still missed it when Jesus came the first time. So it's my prayer for all of us in this Advent season 
that we put our hope in the Lord who is coming. And that we don't miss it when he shows up. Because if we do, shame on us. It's so easy to look back at the disciples and say, how did they not get it? Well, church, I think Jesus is looking at us today and saying, how did they not get it? I am there, and I am coming in fullness. Well, much like last week, I want to give you a very practical way to do this. How do we prepare? How, how do we better wait in these days? And so I want us to take a journey as a church and put our hope in one thing. So over the next four weeks, we will be, I'll be preaching Advent, and we'll talk about anticipation. We'll talk about hope, love, joy, and peace. But I bought, this week, I bought 20 copies of this devotional book. It's called Let Earth Receive Her King. And it's, it's just daily devotions all through the season of Advent that will take you less than five minutes to read. There's questions for thought. There's a hymn for every week. But this book is one way in which we get better at waiting. We intentionally get in the Word. We say, Lord, teach me how to wait. Teach me how to wait. You know how upset Joe and Emily will be if January 1 rolls around and there's still a baby inside of her? (laughs) That's not going to happen. But they're going to be praying for patience. They're going to be saying, Lord, teach us how to wait. Teach us how to wait. So I have 20 copies of this. If you would, and, and for free for you to take, if you would take one per family, um, they're only $3 on Amazon, and I'll tell you why. It's because this was written for last year. So it still says the Monday after the first Sunday of Advent, but the date is like one day off. And I thought, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Compared to paying $15 a book for this year's, I thought, we'll just go through last year's together. So... I have these up here on the front. If you uh, would like one at the end of the service, just come and grab it. Again, we can order more on Amazon. It is available on ebook. If you read on your Kindle or you read there, it's just called Let Earth Receive Her King by Scott Daniels, and, uh, who is a Nazarene pastor. And so we're going to journey together through this, and I highly encourage it. You're not going to get to Christmas and regret having read this little book. I hope we get to Christmas... And when we celebrate together, we don't miss it, that Christ has come. But until he comes, we're going to wait together. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful today that even in the midst of a hanging of the green service, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss why we're here and what we're doing. So Lord, we do anticipate your coming and we celebrate As Tina's song said, that you are here, but you're also coming in your fullness. So teach us what that looks like in these days to come. It's in your name we pray.